He was quite young, but he had experienced a lifetime worth of hurt already. To make matters worse, the hurt came from the people that were closest to him. Abandoned in the world, he tried to make the most of his sad situation, but he just couldn't seem to catch a break. The prison stint tested his resolve, but he was surprisingly resilient. And finally, the big break came. And along with it came power and wealth. And now there was just one thing left. Revenge. Punishing the people that had made his life miserable for all those years. But that isn't what Joseph did. You see, by faith, Joseph forgave his brothers even when they couldn't forgive themselves. No doubt Peter would have been familiar with this story of Joseph forgiving his brothers. And I wonder if it was on Peter's mind as Jesus was teaching Peter and the other disciples about forgiveness. Peter asked Jesus a question, and I think it's a question that we can relate to. How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? What do you think? I think it's a good question. How many times should my wife forgive me for leaving my lunch container out on the counter even though she's asked me so nicely to put it in the dishwasher? How many times should I forgive that coworker of mine who is late or who doesn't carry out their responsibilities like they're supposed to? How many times should I forgive that person who gossips about me or, or says that about me? Well, in verse 22, Jesus answered Peter saying, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. What is Jesus saying here? He's not actually putting a limit on forgiveness. He's not saying, keep a little tally, and 77 is good, but don't cross off 78. That's too far. <laughs> but instead, what Jesus is trying to tell Peter is that to even ask this question shows that Peter did not understand forgiveness. And so Jesus goes on to tell this story to make it more clear. So there's this king, and he decides that it's time to settle the accounts with all of his servants. So he goes to collect the debts that are owed him. And there's one servant in particular that has built up a truly incredible sum of money. 
in, in a debt that he owes the king. He's not just going to be able to dig in the couch cushions and scrape together the money to pay off this debt. And so the king, realizing that he's not going to be able to get what, what the servant owes him, has the man thrown in prison and seizes everything that belongs to the man, including his wife and his children, and he's going to sell it so that he can get back at least a little bit of the money owed him. And the man, desperate to, to save his, his wife and his kids, falls on his knees before the king and begs for more time. How big is your debt? If the trumpet blasted right now and the king came back and said it's time to pay, would you be able to? Or have you spent beyond your means? A lie here, spreading a rumor there, cheating on the test, looking at that on your phone or computer, dishonoring someone that God has placed in authority, whether a, a boss or a government official. And that might only be a day's worth of debt. How about a lifetime? You see, we're just like this servant. We owe a debt to God because of our sins that we couldn't even begin to pay. But like this servant, we sometimes come up with ideas to, to try to fix things. The servant cried out, give me more time. And we might think to ourselves, well, I'll give up that one sin eventually. Or I'll follow God more closely when, when I get a little older. Or I'll, I'll do something good. I'll do something good. That'll make up for it. Imagine if the king had actually granted the servant his request. Imagine if the king had actually said, okay, I'll give you more time. The servant wasn't going to just run into this amount of money somehow. There wasn't a Dave Ramsey podcast that he could listen to to, to get out of debt. And the same is true for us and for our debt. There's nothing that, that we can do to even begin to pay off the debt that we owe God. And it's only when we realize how helpless we are by ourselves that, that we can take our eyes off of ourselves and we can look somewhere else, to the king. You see, the king didn't grant the servant his request because the king knew that time wasn't going to make a difference for the servant. The king didn't try to set up some kind of payment plan with the servant because he knew the servant wasn't going to be able to pay back the debt. But in verse 27 it says, 
The king took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. It turns out that, that this king wasn't a greedy monarch. The king would have been just in seizing the man's things and throwing him in prison and getting back whatever he could. But the king felt compassion. He didn't treat the servant as the servant's sins deserved. And so you see, in all this, the, the servant did do something right. The servant fell on his knees before the king. Let's join him. But don't talk. Don't ask for more time. Listen to what the king says. The king says, I will not treat you as your debt deserves or punish you according to your sins. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is my love for, for you who fear me. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins and your debt from you. You know what sins you brought with you here this morning. You know what, what guilt you can't get rid of. Maybe you feel like you have the biggest debt in this room. But our God is a God who doesn't just show a little mercy. He overflows with it. Our God is not a God who sets up payment plans with us as if we could do anything. Our God is a God who cancels debt. Our God is a God who forgives. This story doesn't end here, though. Jesus keeps telling the story, and we get to see how this servant responds to the mercy that was shown to him. And it's not pretty. You see, this servant, having his enormous debt forgiven, he turns around and goes out on his own debt-collecting mission. He finds a fellow servant who owes him about three to four months' wages, and he demands that he pay back the money. And in a similar scene, the, the servant who owes the money is unable to pay it, and so he begs for more time. But this wicked servant does not show any mercy, and he has the servant thrown into jail until he can pay back the money. Word of this encounter gets back to the king. And the king is, is rightfully furious. And this time, the king acts decisively. The king punishes this wicked servant and has him thrown into jail and tortured until he can pay back the money. And as the story ends, Jesus adds this. 
This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Don't be like this wicked servant. The king's mercy overflowed onto this wicked servant. And the servant should have overflowed that same mercy onto his fellow servant. Sure, he was owed money. Three, three to four months wages. That's not an insignificant amount. But it wasn't about the amount of money that was owed him. It was about the opportunity to show the same mercy to his fellow servant that the king had showed to him. And the same is true for us. You see, when someone sins against us, a lot of times it is, it is valid to be upset or disappointed or hurt. But we have the opportunity to offer the same forgiveness that was shown to us. We don't need to ask the question, how many times should I forgive this person? That was Peter's question. But rather, when, when we remember the forgiveness and mercy that God showed us, we can show that same forgiveness and mercy to others. We don't have to treat others as their sins deserve. Some of you might have a, a big debt to forgive someone. For others of you, you might be able to put this truth into practice in your everyday life as you interact with your, with your spouse, with your kids, with fellow classmates or co-workers. We don't have to hold on to the debts owed us. When we remember that God canceled our debt through Jesus Christ, we can show that same forgiveness and mercy to others. God has certainly canceled all of your debts. Let's eagerly forgive others. Amen. Please stand. We'll continue on page 11 with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and he into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. 
As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registry being handed down the aisle as you put your information in there. It better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have forgiven us all our failures through the sacrifice of your Son. Help us to live in the reality of that truth and to demonstrate our understanding of your grace to us by making us forgiving people. Strengthen us to overcome our grudges and animosity and fill our lives with love. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Jesus, Lord of the Church, you have sent us as your witnesses. Bless the work we do together in that. Especially we ask that you bless our upcoming fall festival. Help us find joy in serving you through it. Work in the hearts of our community that many come and hear about your love here. Use us to connect many more to you. Lord, in your mercy. And dear great physician, be with all who are sick and suffering. Especially we ask that you be with Bethany Powell, who is in the hospital today after suffering seizures yesterday. Protect her with your powerful hand. Give wisdom and love to the medical personnel to take good care of her. Strengthen her family through this difficult time. Love, support, and encourage them all through this. And use us to be your hands and heart in that endeavor. Give us opportunity to be blessings for all that are suffering. And as you will it, give healing and relief to all in pain. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Spirit, continue to strengthen us in our faith. Bless our many Bible study opportunities that together we grow closer to you. Lord, in your mercy. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.